Welcome to the How to Event Podcast, the premier resource for everyday people who want to plan the event of a lifetime. My name is Allie Denniston. Thank you for joining the party. Hello out there, podcasters. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited for the launch of the How to Event podcast. And I'm excited that we'll be kicking off this season with some information about the pandemic that we're all experiencing. This is obviously something that is at the forefront of everyone's mind right now. And especially for event hosts, it's important to understand exactly what we're dealing with when it comes to planning during a pandemic. Event planning is truly an art and really does require a certain skill set in order to do it successfully. And that's just in normal times, not to mention during times where contracts have to be reconsidered or where people are canceling or postponing their events left and right. So it is important for you to understand how to protect yourself and how to keep your stress levels low during a high stress time like like the COVID-19 pandemic has been for many folks, you know, whether they're in the event industry or not. I'm hoping this podcast will provide some guidance on how to navigate these uncharted waters. Um, I really want to create an information reserve for people who are planning events. And I also want to create a community for couples planning their wedding, for regular people who want to throw a special celebration, or for start-out meeting planners who are planning their first meetings and want them to be unforgettable for the attendees. This community should really allow anyone planning an event to ask questions, get clarifications, have a go-to resource, and to get answers and support. So definitely make sure that you check out the How to Event podcast group on Facebook, where a lot of these conversations will be happening after each episode. I know firsthand that COVID-19 has had a really astounding effect on the event industry from all standpoints, really, venues, vendors, clients. I mean, everyone is really feeling the heat of this fire. From a corporate standpoint, a lot of meetings are being completely scratched across the board and in some instances for prolonged periods as long as, you know, June of 2021. From a wedding perspective, many couples have had their plans turned upside down, either having to postpone their weddings to next year or canceling them altogether. So this is really something that needs to be addressed. So many people don't know what to do when they find themselves in the midst of a worldwide pandemic that puts all significant gatherings on hold. So this first episode of pandemic planning is going to focus on contracts. And I've set this up in sort of a question and answer format to hopefully make this as easy as possible to absorb. When it comes to protecting myself and my event during a pandemic, what contracts should I be examining? The truthful answer to this question is all of them. You may have entered into several contracts in support of your event, and you'll want to be examining every single one of them in order to protect yourself. You want to look into your venue contract as well as any vendors that you may have entered into agreements with, such as photographers, entertainment such as bands or DJs, 
catering, if it doesn't come with your venue, videography, as well as any other elements that may be contributing to your event. Each of these contracts will likely have varying forms as well as different terms, so it's definitely important that you thoroughly review each contract individually to ensure nothing is missed. Are there any specific sections or clauses I should be looking for in the contracts as I review them? While you'll definitely want to review your contract in full for any minor nuances that may be included, the two major things you'll want to look for are either a force majeure or impossibility clause or the cancellation policy. The force majeure or impossibility clause addresses acts of God in states of emergency. You should know that these clauses require that an unforeseeable event takes place and it must render your event impossible to execute. So this means that whether or not the clause can actually be applied will largely depend on the restrictions and guidelines that are in place in the state where the event is taking place. For example, I'm currently located in Rhode Island where we're in phase two of reopening. This means that we can have gatherings up to 15 guests. If we were to have an event that was booked for, say, 100 guests in June, force majeure would be enforceable because we are physically unable to host an event of that size during this time period. Now, if, for instance, the event was planned for August or September, we can't make a call as to whether or not force majeure would actually be able to be enforced because we don't yet have the gathering limit guidelines for that time frame. So unfortunately, there is sort of a degree of waiting that we have to partake in simply because we don't have the guidance available at this time. Keep in mind that some force majeure clauses do not cover pandemic situations, so you will want to thoroughly review this clause to determine whether or not it covers this particular situation. As a side note, if you are planning an event and you are getting a contract that you have to review in order to move forward with planning your event and you don't see a force majeure clause included, it may be something you want to bring up with that venue or vendor to determine whether it may be something you want to include. This is also something you can bring up with your personal attorney if you have one to ensure that you're fully protected. The other section of a contract that you'll want to pay close attention to is the cancellation policy. You do need to understand what you're on the hook for financially if you decide to cancel or postpone your event, and a force majeure clause is not enforceable. Many vendors have a non-refundable retainer that's required in order to book their services and reserve the date with them. And many times in those situations, you are expecting to be out the initial deposit that you made with that particular vendor. Obviously, every vendor will be different, but don't expect to receive back any sort of deposit that is listed as non-refundable, even in these uncertain times of COVID-19. Vendors and venues have static costs that exist whether your event moves forward or not. Planning meetings and phone calls, any sort of legwork that goes into preparing for your event, as well as the reservation of a date, which is therefore unavailable for anyone else to book, those are all services that are covered by these non-refundable retainers, and they exist regardless of whether your event moves forward or not. 
Venue contracts, cancellation policies will often be very different from a vendor cancellation policy within their contract. So a lot of the times with a venue, you will be responsible for a certain percentage of either food and beverage costs or food and beverage minimum requirements, depending on the number of days out from the event that you are canceling your event. So you'll want to pay close attention to that to determine exactly exactly what you will be financially responsible for. I do know that some vendors and venues are trying to be as flexible as possible and as reasonable as they can be, but just understand that this is also their livelihood and these can often be considered small businesses. So you'll want to just be sensitive to that fact and have as calm a conversation with them as possible when you're reviewing these terms of their contracts. What is attrition? When is it applicable? And what else should I know about it in terms of canceling my event during the pandemic? In event terms, attrition relates to sleeping accommodations that were arranged in the form of a hotel room block contract. Generally, this means you're forgiven a certain percentage of promised guest rooms within an outline time frame. Otherwise, you'd be responsible for the cost of those rooms regardless of if they remain vacant or not. You'll want to pay close attention to your attrition deadline as if you do go past that date, generally you are responsible for whatever rooms that you reserved even if they remain empty. As soon as you're aware that you won't be utilizing all of the rooms within a room block you've reserved, ensure that you let your contact know so they can release the rooms and you won't be held responsible for those costs, obviously as long as it's within the percentage of attrition that is permitted. Okay, I've assessed the current situation and reviewed all of my options, and cancellation seems to be the best choice. What do I do? First and foremost, when you're canceling an event, you must understand that it is not a one-step process. If you opt to cancel your event, there are several steps to consider in order to do it the right way. Ensure that you have a list of every vendor and contract that you've committed to so you can reach out to each one to cancel. Keep in mind that each will likely have a different cancellation policy and certain clauses like the force majeure clause that we talked about earlier. So make sure that you're aware of the terms of each individual contract and that way you can have as productive a conversation as possible with each of those vendors. One aspect of cancellation that you should come to terms with upfront is parting with some cash. As I mentioned previously, many vendors have non-refundable retainers or deposits, and some venues also require a certain percentage of projected revenue as a cancellation fee. While some vendors or venues may be more forgiving and work with you to ensure that your financial responsibility is as low as possible, there are some vendors and venues that will require the full amount dictated by a cancellation policy. So ensure that you are understanding of the contract and its terms and that you have a detailed conversation with the contact to ensure that you understand the dollars you're spending. I've determined I can't financially afford to cancel my event or I just don't want to cancel. What are some alternative options to cancellation that I can pursue? 
Alternatives you can consider outside of canceling or postponing your event are going to depend on your personal preference as well as any restrictions or guidelines that are in place in your state. Downsizing your event is always an option if the issue is restricted gathering numbers. While this may not be an option for something like a board meeting with a set number of attendees, a birthday celebration or wedding may be able to be pared down to just immediate family or close friends to in turn keep numbers low and allow for guidelines to be adhered to. Specific to weddings, there have been a huge rise in micro-weddings and elopements. I'll be going into more detail on those events in part two of the pandemic planning mini-season, so tune in next week to hear all about it. If reimagining the scope of your event is not an option or a preference, there are other alternatives. There has been a movement amongst the event industry that encourages event hosts to postpone, not cancel. This is absolutely something you should consider if possible. I'll be discussing the details of a decision to postpone in part three of the pandemic planning mini season, so stay tuned for that in just a couple of weeks. Contracts are an extremely important part of deciding to cancel, postpone, or reimagine your event during a time of pandemic. My best advice to you is to review the several points I've made in today's podcast and use those to your advantage. Make sure that you're reviewing every contract that you've entered into for vendors, venues, or any other arrangements that you've made. Then ensure that you're checking out force majeure or impossibility clauses and your cancellation policy, as well as any attrition policies that may be applicable if your event requires sleeping accommodations. You should be sure that you're understanding and comfortable with what you're on the hook for financially if you decide to cancel or postpone your event, as that is a harsh reality of cancellation. But don't forget about the alternatives. Downsizing your event or postponing to an alternate date could be great options to still host the event that you've imagined. Overall, event planning will take an extra level of challenge during a time like this. As it's been said so many times, the COVID-19 pandemic is unprecedented, specifically in today's event industry. Staying informed and calm is the best advice that I can give you. Do you have questions about today's topic? Join me in the How to Event podcast group on Facebook, where you can ask your questions, start a discussion, and have the chance for your topic to be featured on a future episode. Don't forget to visit howtoeventpodcast.com for the newest episodes and show notes from How to Event. Thanks for joining me today. Can't wait to welcome you all back next week for part two of the pandemic planning mini season. Happy planning. Thank you.